it's 11.50 on February 11th, 2024. And the 49ers were defeated by the Chiefs in overtime with three seconds left. 25-22. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lift. Hello everyone, it's Phil, your host of The Lip. Just as I previously described the Super Bowl, a defeat for the 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime with three seconds left. Kansas City scores a touchdown to go ahead 25-22. A missed extra point. Would have made all the difference. In fact, the game wouldn't have even gone into overtime if the 49ers kicker didn't get blocked. Wow. What a depressing situation that has been. What a night. And to make matters even that much better, as I was moving around, I ended up stepping in a cat turd to make the evening complete. Just a well-balanced, mm-hmm. perfect evening, wouldn't you say? The Niners get beat in overtime with three seconds left, and then I step in a cat turd. I am literally batting a thousand. But enough of that. The subject of today's episode is going to be this or that. Certainly, I would certainly would have liked this to have been a 49ers win and that to have been a Chiefs loss, but, well, that's not the way it worked out this time. And so, we will move forward and see exactly what we're going to do for next season. Hopefully, hopefully they just take the entire team and blow it up, because it's been three years of NFC championships, and this time a Super Bowl loss. The other two times lost the NFC championship. Seven. NFC Championship runs in the last 13 years, and the results were, in the NFC Championship game itself, 3-4. and They won three of the NFC Championships and lost four. And once you win the NFC Championship, you get to go to the Super Bowl. So they went three times since 2011, and each time they came up short, and it was always either a last play, minute play in the 2012 Super Bowl, the 2019, they lost a 10-point lead with six minutes left, and then just today, they lost in overtime with three seconds left on the clock. Which one was more painful? Got to be this one. Got to be. Kansas City was at its most vulnerable, and they just couldn't seal the deal. I honestly think that the only thing they can do with this team is start over again. That's really it. Forget the pieces you have, because those pieces seem to be just good enough to get to the championship game. Maybe, on occasion, get to the Super Bowl, but they're not going to pull off the title, it seems like. They just can't do it. Going to have to keep Brock Purdy. He's going to be the quarterback for the next 10 years or so. And with his abilities, they're going to win some division titles. And again, they might get to another Super Bowl 
maybe two. But my expectation for them is no different than what happened today. Defeat somewhere along the way. Be it a championship game, which would be more suitable than losing the Super Bowl. Or even better yet, just flat out missing the playoffs. But I think that Brock Purdy's too good to do that. So, I have to decide if I can physically watch any more football. Because the last 13 years have just taken a toll on my soul. Do I want to keep going up and down on this roller coaster? Or do I want to just focus on the Yankees? And just put all my eggs in the basket of Aaron Judge. For if nothing else... He'll hit some home runs and make everybody happy. Jack Hughes for the New Jersey Devils. Incredible player. See what he's going to do, right? I don't know about the Sixers. That's just somewhat entertaining until Embiid decides to leave Philadelphia. Probably within the next year or two. I don't know. I thought they had a shot. But clearly, I was wrong. And so, I'm going to leave with this thought. Is it better to not even make it to the playoffs than to lose the Super Bowl? I personally think it is. Because Bill Parcells said it, the highest of highs is not as good as the lowest of lows feels bad. Whew. That is absolutely the truth. But now, I'm going to fill in the blanks. Time to fill in the blanks. Well, the blank was up until a few hours ago. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? And... That blank has been filled in. Disturbingly as it may be. Behind as much as they were. And looking really, really vulnerable. The Kansas City Chiefs somehow pulled off an overtime victory. I still can't believe what I saw. Just ridiculous how that they were able to pull that off. But they did. Just totally nauseating to think that. But wow, they did it. Kansas City wins another Super Bowl. And not just wins another Super Bowl. They win another Super Bowl at the expense of the 49ers. That's two. Unbelievable. Um, it's just two. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. But to make a long story short, I'm going to fill in the blanks by saying who was going to win the Super Bowl? The answer, the Chiefs. As sick as it makes me to say it. The bell is rung, and it's now time to discuss this or that. Second time I'm going through this, and partially that's because the first time I tried to do this episode, I actually had thought that I didn't have enough material to fill what I was trying to do, and it turns out that I had way too much. So the best thing you can do is just do another episode. So here it is. Number two, this or that. Now these are some fun categories for me personally. Hopefully you can enjoy these thoughts quite the same way that I do. Um, 
realistically, each one of these has a unique spin to it for me, personally. And I think that comparing the two and then having to make a decision on which one I would rather have on these, eh, for the most part, it's going to be difficult. Three out of four, for sure, are not going to be easy for me personally. One, sadly, is very easy for me to decide which one I would take this or that. Let's begin. In-store shopping or online shopping? This or that? In-store or online shopping? Well, I'll be the first to tell you that in my younger days, I absolutely loved driving from one mall to the next. In fact, there'd be days that I'd be literally cruising from the Ocean County Mall, then to the Freehold Mall, then to the Monmouth Mall. At each stop, I would look around, browse the many different stores that were in each one of these malls, and man, it was a day out. I would go, I'd get something to eat at, say, a Burger King at Ocean County Mall. Then I would probably walk around, browse a few shops, maybe get a shirt from one of the stores, like Hot Topic or whatever it is, and then I'd move on. I'd hop in the car at the time. It was my Z28, 85 Z28 Camaro, and I'd cruise down from the Ocean County Mall in Tom's River, New Jersey, and head down to Freehold Mall in, well, guess what? Freehold, New Jersey. I'd get out there, and at the time, we're talking the early 2000s, like 2001, 2002-ish range, and I would go to a little pizza place inside the, the Freehold Mall that I liked if I didn't eat at Burger King, and I would go and walk this mall, which was a, little, it was a lot bigger in the Ocean County Mall. The two floors had stores on top and on bottom that were of interest to me. And almost always, I would leave the Freehold Mall at the time with a comic book from a comic book store that is not there last I went. But it was definitely a destination that I had to go to. In fact, two of my favorite items that I ever saw in a comic book store were in the Freehold Mall. Item number one was a steel or metal Magneto helmet. Looked just like the one from the X-Men cartoon. I also found one of the more crazy items. It was actually probably a, I don't know, 15, 18 inch high, probably 10 inch wide, metal, green lantern, lantern, the energy battery that's used to replace the power inside the power ring. It was ridiculously expensive. Both of those items were well over $300, and at the time, I definitely didn't have the money to just stop and pick them up. No, not without any doubt. I definitely would have had I had the opportunity to do so. But those are just one of the things, two of the things that I would find in the freehold mall that I would look at. Then typically, I would run down the road one more stop into Mammoth and go to the Mammoth Mall, which is probably the size-wise in between the freehold and the Ocean County Mall. Had a somewhat of an upper level but it wasn't didn't need an elevator to get to it it just had some stairs and I would usually go there and prefer to buy a lot of the video games that were not the seasonal ones that would come out 
repetitively, like Madden and NHL, that I would get usually from the Ocean County Mall. I would get games like, say, Hitman or one of my favorite games that I bought out of the Mammoth Mall, the Jade Dragon. In fact, I bought both of those out of the Mammoth Mall. And I typically would use that as my destination to get a lot of the games that I really, really found really cool at the time. And for sure, going into those places is where I found my Mace Windu lightsaber. I went to the King of Prussia Mall and I ended up getting, that. that's in uh, Pennsylvania, and I ended up getting my Luke Skywalker lightsaber, the green one. Absolutely beautiful thing. It was just pleasant to go into the store, see the item, get instant gratification. Pick it up. It's in my hands. I've got it. I love that. It's a lot of fun. But on the flip side, with the online shopping, turns out that it was starting to pick up a little bit more not just those old calendars, that we, not calendars, those old catalogs that we used to use old school when I was growing up in the mid-80s and late-90s. You'd send, you'd fill out the paperwork, stick the stuff in the mail, have to wait eight to ten weeks and it would show up. Now, with online shopping, as everybody knows now, you pull up your phone, you see what you want, you look at the price, you put in your credit card, you can choose whether you want to have it express delivery and or just normal delivery, which, of course, before there was only 8 to 10 weeks and you'll get it. But with the online shopping, you can wait maybe five days a week and your item is there and it's the regular price. Or you could pay a little bit extra and get that item the next day, depending on where you're ordering from. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but you get close to that instant gratification, but it's still not the same. There's something about going into the store and actually looking at it in my mind. If I had to pick which one I'd rather do, it depends. Because in-store, you are relegated to simply what you see. Now, online... There's plenty of places where that have actual brick-and-mortar stores that you can go into, and they'll have so many items. But if you check their online catalog, they have stuff that's not in the store. You're not going to be able to just pick it out and take it with you. But they do have it, and you're going to have to order it online. So you will get it, but you're not going to have that instant gratification. Now, say what you want about the generation that we have today, all looking for everything to happen real quick and instant, right away. I find it very interesting that a lot of those people actually do online shopping versus going to the store to actually get the instant gratification. (laughs) I find that very interesting. But if I had to choose this or that, I'm thinking, I like actually going to the store, getting the air, walking around, seeing what's there, picking it out, and then you have an option that you don't have a lot of times online shopping, and that is if you see something that you're looking to get and you're actually next to it. You have the opportunity. Some people will be like, oh, it's even more impulsive because you can just grab it. It's right there. But at the same time, you can look at it and you can really ask yourself the question. Hmm. Do I really want it? Whereas opposed to with the online, you just slide the card, put your numbers in, and you just wait for it. If you pick it up in person, you have that instant option to decide whether you want to pick it up or leave it. 
Whereas if it's online and you didn't like it when it comes to you after, let's say, three or four days, you now have to pack it back up and put it back in the mail and wait for it to go back to the place. And then you have to wait for your money to come back. Whereas even if it was something that you bought in person, well, you just look at it, you bring it home, you really didn't like it, hop back in the car, and again, you get the instant gratification of getting your money back. So if I had to pick, I'm really looking at in-store shopping versus online shopping. Just a personal thing. But of course, like I said before, there are some things that you just can't buy in-store. And you can only get them online. And for me, and the things that I usually deal with, that's really few and far between. Okay, here comes a fun one for me. This or that. TV or books. Well, I gotta tell you. I would usually give people the expression... That I would use a lot of times. And it would be funny for me when I tell them that. I like to watch my books and read my movies. Which means that I'm technically an avid book reader. (laughs) Not really. If I had to be perfectly honest with you. I'd probably watch more TV than I read by far. I'll have to be really honest and say that I probably only read a handful of books with the cover open up closed run through the pages in fact I'm really bad at doing that I would have to admit that I probably don't have the patience to flip the page a lot of times and sometimes when I do have that patience to try to read a book And I mean, don't get me wrong, I have some books that I love, and I thumb through them occasionally. Like, I have two really cool ones that that are just really cool. One of them is from Star Wars. It's the Book of the Sith. It's supposedly a collection of, of all the things that Emperor Palpatine discovered through his journey in the dark side. And he put them together in one book. It's really neat. And then my wife ended up finding me the Indiana Jones diary where he has all the information of all the quests he went on through his entire life. I love it. It's really, really neat. You can read those things in seconds because it's just riveting. But if you get me a book like the Da Vinci code, which I love that movie and don't get me wrong. I probably only read about half the book, but I read enough where I know for certain I understand why people say that the book is typically better than the movie on a lot of things. Because the Da Vinci Code, for certain, the way that the one character, Silas, is depicted. For example, in the book, he's depicted as a very hulking figure. Massive, super strong, and just... Otherwise, just somebody you really want to mess with. Now, in the movie, he's a little slight build, although he does have, if you encounter him, he's a problem to deal with, but he's not some hulking, menacing-looking guy like he is depicted in the book. Clearly, there's a difference there. I'll be the first to tell you that The Da Vinci Code is clearly a book that I should definitely probably finish. Also, the Star Wars Episode 1 book, when you look at the depiction of the Duel of Fate, for those of you who don't know, that's the battle where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn fight Darth Maul at the end of Star Wars Episode 1. You can definitely see it's a pretty cool looking battle on screen. But fortunately for me, I have a very vivid depiction in my mind I can see things as I read them I can sort of picture what they look like and by reading that scene 
the book's battle is actually far more intense than the one that you see on screen. It's really, really amazing. But, like I said, I just don't have the patience to read, as it may say. I am real good at reading small articles. I'll read little blurbs all day long. I love to do that. It's part of my information. And once I, something catches my eye, I will read an entire article. That's absolutely the truth. But as far as sitting down and reading an entire book, I just, I just can't do it. No, don't get me wrong. I have taken the opportunity to listen to a lot of podcasts and that's pretty much what I do even when I'm playing video games so I am not opposed to listening to books audiobooks I would definitely think that something I could fit in because I've got my earbuds in probably this day and age Especially since I've retired, I probably have the earbuds in a good 40% of the day where I'm listening to stuff that way. So it wouldn't be that big a deal to listen to a book. I mean, heck, probably six or years ago or so, I listened to the Bible twice from Genesis to Revelations, or as I like to say, from in to amen. <laughs> and didn't take that long because all I did was just put the earbuds in just let it go and actually got a great appreciation for what I was hearing and of course with the Bible it's a little different because a lot of those names sometimes will throw you on cross you up but hey if you're listening to them somebody else is reading them to you so you can pretty much hear the name and actually not have to struggle with it for a few minutes it's right there but, to make a long story short, this or that, books or TV, well, I didn't even go into it very much, but didn't really have to. Realistically, it's got to be TV. I mean, it, it really is, especially now in the age of all these streaming services. And you don't have to wait for a series to come out. In fact, today, even as I speak to you, February 13th, 2024, I can tell you right here, right now, the family and I just binge-watched the eight-episode Percy Jackson series no more than an hour ago. Watched all eight episodes. And there's still several more shows that I'm still waiting to binge watch. I probably should take a little bit more time to probably try to read like that, but that's just not in my nature. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll read pieces here and there, but I would definitely have to take TV over books. Now we're going to talk about a little bit of food. Just a little bit. Sweet. Or salty. Salty or sweet. We're talking about snack food more so than anything else. Of course, in the category of salty, everybody knows you got your chips and pretzels. And boy, that stuff is fun. I'm trying to think of some of the more interesting ones that I've had over the last little while. I think that... Um, Fritos, chili and cheese, really good. Love that stuff. And when I added it to, I believe I made some chili for the kids. How long ago was that? Was sometime last year I did that. Made them some chili. And it was really pretty a cool situation I had there. I made some, how did I do it? I put some rice. Then I made some chili up. And I got those Fritos, the chili and cheese Fritos, and I put those around so they had a little bit of crunch and then I added some cheese on the outside. But between the salt 
of those chips, it just enhanced the whole thing. It was great. They actually really liked it. And of course, going back to the salty as well, I am a huge fan of the Doritos Locos Taco. Gotta have that Dorito, but only in that situation. I love those. And needless to say, Taco Bell feels that those are a very special taco as well. Because if they didn't, they would protect their regular tacos the same way. Doritos Locos Taco, for any of you who has never had it, doesn't come the same way as your regular standard taco. Now, the regular taco, they just wrap it up in the paper and they stuff it in the bag and hope for the best. Now, the Doritos Loco Taco, they put it in a cardboard sleeve to try to save the integrity of the Dorito taco shell. They don't want that to break, and I tell you, it's brilliant. Wish they would do it with the other ones, but I guess there must be some deal they have specifically with Dorito. Now, on that same note, movie theater popcorn is also something really cool, but unlike my wife, who just has to load it up with the fake butter, I just like it as it is, because it's already got an element of butter on it, and they throw that salt on there, and there's the salt. You give me that movie theater butter without, rather movie theater popcorn without the extra butter, and the salt permeates through, and I could eat that stuff all day. Probably shouldn't, but I could. Um... I'm in Philly. Pretzels are everywhere. Nothing will beat a Philly pretzel. But for me, gotta be little salty ones. Gotta have some salt on them. Love that stuff. Love it. Now, on the other side, sweet. I will certainly say that if you built me a house out of peanut butter cups... I would die in an avalanche after eating a wall. That's for sure. And then, of course, they have these peanut butter cup ice cream bars that they came out with. And these peanut butter cup sandwiches, Reese's. And I'm calling them peanut butter cup, but it's Reese's brand. Uh, ice cream sandwiches with chocolate wafer and the peanut butter ice cream on the inside. They're incredible. I like that. The sweet thing. If I had an opportunity to make my brownies, which I'm about to do, probably going to make them this week sometime, um, I love a good brownie. Absolutely love a good brownie. Just plain brownie. Nothing beats the bar cookie for me, except for when you take that bar cookie, the brownie, and you stuff it in between two pieces of cake. And... Give it a little icing here and there. Depending on your flavor, you can put some peanut butter in there. Now all of a sudden you have what was known to me as a brownie beast. Just an incredible monster. Should be illegal. Or another word for it is, I like to call it as diabetic coma. Because if you were to consume more than one slice of that, you're probably going to go into that. But I would certainly say I enjoy doing it. Now, one of the businesses that we've been working on is is a bakery, specifically for my part. And I've got... What is it? 22 flavors of cookies that I initially started with in... 2013 and over time I've stopped making a bunch of them since we've really got the licenses together and we're going to just sort of get the serve safe stuff up and running and then probably going to settle into about a solid 10 or 15 flavors of cookie because I've had a few that just didn't work out the way I wanted them to that's what trial and error is but truthfully um it's hard to be a warm cookie coming out of the oven it really is it really really is so if i had to choose and boy it would be a choice salty versus sweet 
as far as the snack area goes. Well, I'm going to lean towards sweet. Lean towards sweet. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I am not opposed to a chip. But you put me in a store and you say you've got to have one. Either the chips or the cookie. I'm probably going to lean towards the cookie. I'm definitely more ice cream guy than I am um, a potato chip guy. It's just what it would be, for sure. I think I'm definitely going to go more sweet for this or that. Now, here comes one that I find really fun. Not everybody will agree. In fact, I know there's plenty of people who would disagree strongly with this one. Especially people who are um, into this sort of thing. I'm going to try not to bore those of you who are not into it. But I think that it's a subject that definitely needs to be broached. Especially by me. Which would I choose? This or that? Wrestling... Or boxing, which one is the better martial art? So, yes, I am a WWE fan. Love professional wrestling. But in this conversation, I'm not talking about professional wrestling. I'm talking about amateur wrestling, high school, collegiate, Olympic wrestling, the martial art of wrestling, true shooters, as they be considered. That sort of wrestling. Now, this is one of the things that I'm slightly biased towards, but personally, I think how it looks and what's going on in the process, and granted, I'm going to be of one opinion for sure, and I'm going to try to give the other a little bit more time, and I'm going to start with that one right here, right now. Boxing. You have to have tremendous footwork. You have to have incredible stamina. And obviously, where people don't realize the stamina comes in sometimes isn't just how you move around, just physically your legs. It's also your arms, man. Because throwing punches is not easy. So you have to have a high level of endurance in order to keep those punches coming. And you also have to keep your hands up for defense. And that's going to be a little wearing and a little tearing. So you got to be able to do that. But the downfall to boxing, the rules are only about one set of extremities. You can only use your fists. It's illegal to headbutt. Knee, kick, <laughs> bite, <laughs> or headbutt your opponent. The only strikes you can use are your fists. Now granted, they call it the sweet science for a reason. Because you can't use your knees, your elbows, your feet, your head. You've got to use angles and timing in order to land each punch. You don't want to just throw recklessly because, again, you're going to get tired. You have to pace yourself. You have to figure out the right time to throw the punch. And that's what the science is all about. Boxing it's very core isn't about how hard you can hit somebody or even how fast you can hit somebody it's about knowing when to throw that punch which makes it so interesting because you could throw the hardest punch in the world but if you just keep throwing them and throwing them and throwing them and throwing them and that guy keeps blocking and blocking and blocking and blocking you're going to get tired and he's going to beat you if you are to 
throw a few punches. And your intention sometimes when you throw some of those punches, particularly jabs, or if you throw multiple hooks or uppercuts at one time, the first one is to sort of test the waters. And it's not the first one that you're looking to connect with a lot of times. It's the next one, the second, the third, that you're really trying to actually get in there. And it's to know that timing to know that pacing and to be patient enough. And that's another thing that you have to be in boxing. And sometimes people find it boring because the guy is not throwing punches. He's not throwing punches because he's waiting, waiting for the right time to throw the punch. You have to do that because if you don't throw it at the proper time, it's not going to have the impact that you want it to have. That's why some of the most deadly fighters and more interesting fighters are the counterpunchers. For those of you who don't know, counterpunching is when your opponent throws a punch, you get out of the way and almost immediately throw one right back. And most of the time, that one that you throw back after the person throws at you, there's a really good chance of it connecting. (laughs) And that punch is usually going to score you a bunch of points. And sometimes, because the nature of the knockout is, in fact, speed and surprise, it sometimes you'll knock a person out when they don't know the punch is coming. <laughs> That's what makes boxing a lot of fun. But now, back to wrestling. This is one sport that, if I had to pick one that has... Probably, as far as martial arts are concerned, the highest level of endurance, it's got to be wrestling. It, It really does. Almost the entire time, you're trying to just survive, essentially. So a lot of your training is done... To build up your endurance. And boy. Unlike boxing. You can utilize. Most of your body. Now. Just like boxing. You can't throw punches. Unlike boxing. You can't throw punches. You can't use knee strikes. Or elbows or kicks. It's all about. Manipulating your opponent. Against their will. And. That's the beauty of it. You're going to take a man down against his will. And your ultimate objective is to put that man on his back. And he's going to be fighting you the entire time. Now, you have the ability to get low and take a shot as they would call it. Pick the person up, drop them on the ground. Grab a leg, pull them down. Utilize your hands. You can physically touch your opponent, and you can do things to manipulate their positioning and then get behind them or to lower them down in order to take them down. Again, much like boxing, you have to have A bit of patience. Because if you're not patient. And. You just run of a mill. Just go ahead and take a shot on somebody. They're going to evade that shot. And when they do. It's going to put you in a severe disadvantage. Much like a counter punch. You go in and take a shot. The other guy drops. On top of you. And is able to perhaps spin around. And actually score points on you. So you have to be patient. You have to set up those shots. You have to set up the opportunity to take your opponent down. But at the same time, just like boxing too, you have to think multiple moves ahead. Boxing and wrestling are both like chess in a lot of ways. You really need to be thinking a few moves ahead of time. And in wrestling particularly, not only do you think 
okay, I'm going to give this guy a double leg takedown. What happens if he sprawls, which he's going to? Am I going to be able to finish this shot? And if I do, when I get behind him, what's next? Am I going to try to throw legs? Am I going to try to hook a hammer lock? Am I going to go for a pump handle? How am I going to try to turn this guy over? Am I going to go for an arm bar and hook? What is my next step? And then when you get to that next step, you then need to think, okay, what am I doing after that? It's very cerebral. As much physical as it is, you have to really, really be thinking. Boxing is very much the same way, like I said earlier, about knowing when to throw that punch, knowing how hard to throw it, knowing which ones are just sort of feelers to set your opponent up for the next thing, which what you do in wrestling sometimes. You stick your hand out there, you grab a wrist, and it's my favorite thing to do. One of my very favorite things. When I would go out there and wrestle, I would go and tie up with people. I'd grab their hands and... It's a natural reaction that you're working with in wrestling. If you grab somebody by the wrist and you pull their wrist down, the natural reaction is to pull that wrist back. And once they pull it back, if they pull it back, you then have an opening to take your shot and put them down. Um, In boxing, same sort of thing. You throw those jabs, throw those jabs, throw those jabs. Then when they really start to defend that one side... Hopefully they'll have an, they'll give you an opening for a body shot or they'll have their head in view and you can take a nice hook or an uppercut or a straight something else. Very, very similar. But if I had to pick which one of these two martial arts is the best, boxing or wrestling, I'm sorry. Some people would say, oh, boxing is definitely better. You're going to move around. But you got to remember, man, wrestlers move around too. Wrestlers move around a lot. Wrestlers are not relegated to just their hands. And trust me, the boxer is going to want to try to throw those punches and all that good stuff, yes. And some people have often told me that, hey, if a wrestler goes in for a shot, that boxer is going to try to hit them when they're on their way in. Wrestler's not going to just go blindly in there for that shot. They're going to wait. They're going to wait. They're going to wait. They're going to move around. They're going to set you up. They're going to let you throw those little jabs here and there. And they're going to watch your footwork. And that's what their plan is going to be. be Looking at your feet the whole time. Because the boxer wants to stay away and keep open and throw those shots. The wrestler is going to want to grab you. I'm sorry. A boxer is a hundred times more effective at range. If a wrestler gets a hold of the boxer, what's the boxer really going to do? Their power punches are gone because they're too close. (laughs) I'm going to just let you know, when it comes to that situation, the wrestler every time. I absolutely think if I this or that, 100% wrestler over boxer. And yeah, I'm a little biased because I was a wrestler. But I'm just going to say that logic would say that the wrestler is going to do everything he can to take that boxer down. Once that boxer gets tied up and then taken down, what's it going to do? I mean, you're not going to throw a knockout punch when you're on your back. You're just not. Sorry. On that note, I'm going to ring the bell on this or that. Let's talk gambling. This was the Super Bowl week as I have been reluctant (laughs) to talk about. If you're an inmate, you're definitely going to place a wager or two with a few of your fellow inmates. And in the process... You're going to hope to get a little bit of an edge. Something that you didn't have before. You could bet just about anything. 
anything that you have in your cell, anything that's on the commissary list. Most of the time, that's the currency that they use. Items that are on the commissary list. Because, of course, gambling is prohibited for inmates. So, what we would consider a friendly little wager of saying, hey, I bet you 10 bucks the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers. Cool. Shake on it. Pay up when the game was over. An inmate isn't allowed to do that. (laughs) Not at all. First of all, they can't have cash money. So the only thing they can do is, like I said, they can wager commissary. And a lot of times, that's what they'll do. Several bags of chips, some soup, whatever. Cereal, coffee. Sometimes they'll even wager favors. And the Super Bowl isn't the only thing that an inmate would bet on. There are plenty of times that they'll just have cards that they use and they'll play a card game and be that blatant with their gambling. Other times they'll use board games that they have access to. Monopoly. Scrabble. Trouble. You name it. At one time on a cell block I even saw Candyland. And guess what? The inmates were wagering on Candyland. They can't just go get a lottery ticket and play for $450 million. No. They get to wager for a dollar pack of ramen. Now, do you like ramen that much that you'd be willing to wager 10 packs of it on I don't know where you're going to land on a Monopoly board who's going to score more points in a basketball game in the yard it's probably not a thing that you would want to consider so if you don't want to have a jailhouse debt that you've definitely got to pay up because if you don't well let's just say things may not go your way if you don't pay up what can I tell you the thing that makes it even that much worse is the person that you're gambling with knows exactly where to find you. So, if I had to pick something that would be a negative about being in jail, I'm definitely going to say gambling absolutely is another reason why I would tell you don't go to jail. There's only one person who could be the spear of the week this week. As you can tell, my mood is not the best in the world when thinking about this Super Bowl. Especially considering that I did an entire episode about how numb I was towards this football season, the 2023 season. And then it seems like exactly what I wanted to happen least is exactly what happened. I just felt that the season was just going to be like, eh, I don't know about the team, Brock Purdy's injury, the health situation, how they were going to do. And then they, just like the Dallas Cowboys, the 49ers, lulled me in and said, hey, we're good. And not just good, we're the best. And we're the best in the NFC. At some points, they were like, oh, we're the best in the NFL. But then, the one player 
that was question mark happened to let his terrible play come to fruition. Dude hits three, hits two field goals in the Super Bowl of 50 yards, 153, 155, but as a result of a missed extra point that helped the Chiefs end up getting to overtime and rewriting the history of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. First team to go back-to-back in Super Bowls since uh, since 03 and 04. And it's all because of the person who is the spear of the week, Jake Moody, kicker for the 49ers, who missed the extra point. Definitely the spear of the week. Okay, I'm going to close the deal out on another episode of This or That. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. Um, catch up with me on Instagram at philiphenderson5102. Join us on our Facebook group. Join us. There is always room for one more. That's just the way it's going to be and the way it is. Still messing around there on X now. I'm somewhere in the X universe. You can find me. But boy, this has been a very difficult week. It still stings. It really, really does. I mean, boy. I started this thing just after the Super Bowl. And man, I am still sick. And here it is. Tuesday. The 13th, man. I I just broke this episode down because, man, I'm not going to lie to you. This was rough. This was so rough. And so, I got to close this thing down with the words of wisdom again. And these words of wisdom go to the San Francisco 49ers. My guys, I have some words of wisdom for you, and I have to just sort of be faithful and hope that I can feel the same way after what happened. The words of wisdom are, your failure is simply delayed success. Yep. San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Fred Warner. Your failure is simply delayed success. I have to believe it, and so do you. And even more importantly... Dre Greenlaw, ugh, my man, I just wish you a speedy recovery from that torn Achilles that you suffered in the middle of the game, just, ugh, non-contact injuries, just, just the worst, hopefully you can get yourself back together and be ready for next season. But as for this show, I'm going to call it quits. (sighs) (laughs) Let me talk about a positive thing before I go and say I am definitely working really hard on my guest and be talking to you more about who my guest is and when that show comes out, and even more so, I'm working on a second one, just that quick. We're doing things here, aren't we? We are. But, for now, 
My name is Phil, and you have just listened to The Lib.